I'm so honored to be with Gio right now. Uh, I asked him if he would come and have a conversation around the local church, but specifically through the lens of covenant community. And when I look at Gio, his family, and congratulations, by the way, on your, your new child, <laughs> Psalm. When I look at Abide in their community, I truly, my heart burns. And every time I'm talking with Gio, he, his genuineness, his authenticity actually causes that reaction in me and those around him. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And not only abide, but spearheading to gather and bringing regional unity and oneness together. I just wanted to have a burning conversation with you and just hear your heart on this lens. But I wanted to first give honor where honors due. Very thankful for you and glad to have this conversation with you today, man. I love you, bro. What what an introduction, bro. Hopefully they're not <laughs> disappointed in the conversation here, but now honored, <laughs> honored to be with you guys, man. Love Gold Street. Just love running together, man. So excited for the conversation and what the Lord wants to do in the middle of that. Absolutely, man. Well, our fellowship and just seeing everything that's going on regionally, I know we are all contending for similar things. Some of us have wisdom, have some grace, and they're spearheading in a, in a way that's admirable. And I just want to start the conversation out flatly, because whenever you're having a dialogue, a conversation, just to rightly define some of the words and terminology just really creates a better lens of comprehension and so forth. So how would you define covenant community and attach that to the local church uh, entity? Yeah, I think that when you think about church, um, I think a shift that had to happen in my heart was I'm actually being grafted into a family, not just an organization, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm not coming with my checklist of things that I want, but actually I'm called to a spiritual family, which has ramifications, consequences, both good and bad, that, that I actually receive blessing if I um, engage in the right way. And actually I'm missing out on part of God's assignment on my life when I don't engage with, like the Bible says, every joint supplies, like I'm actually not receiving what I need. So how I define it, man, I think the Bible paints a beautiful picture. Like Acts 2, Holy Spirit falls on a people who are waiting. And you read about this community that they're meeting in the temple. They're meeting in houses. They're breaking bread. There's none that are needy among them. They're living vibrant. Our community, we would say the language would be life on life with one another. And so I think that it's actually delivering us from the consumeristic, I'm coming to receive something. And we're coming together, as Ephesians, I believe, says, we're being built together mm -hmm. as a dwelling place for God. So, I mean, it's this dynamic change that actually, when I give myself to my brother and sister, and I do life in a way that's kingdom, meaning like I'm not self-seeking, I'm not living in self-preservation, I'm not like my whole life does not center around Geo, that that actually attracts God. I mean, so... But that at a deep level looks like I have to live open. So, I mean, maybe define what is not. I mean, it's, it's, it looks like you not being your life around you. It's not you coming to church to receive, but to give. And it does look like us um, living. So Jonathan and David, right in the Bible, God knit their hearts together. And yeah. I remember the first time God asked me to like ask a dude to go into covenant, how awkward that was. <laughs> I'm like, Hey bro, like I got to talk about something. I'm not sure understand. how to say this, but I feel like God is saying covenant, and it's like crickets, right? But what, what I'm really saying is I'm called to walk with you whether I get something or don't get anything. It's wow. actually the Lord 
is calling us to walk together over decades. And so I don't get to give up on that. I don't get to walk away from that when it gets hard. I'm required, actually, by God to pursue that person in amidst offense or misunderstandings or us missing each other. So, man, that's it's a pregnant conversation because I think that most of our relationships are formed and birthed by maybe if I, I'm attached to this person, then what can I get? Or we align around um, even unifying factors, right? Like they like something, I like something, now we can be friends, which when the basis of unity is what 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 we like, then we will, when we disagree, we'll actually divide when that becomes the basis. Like if I'm only surrounded by people because of my agreement, then, then true unity is tested actually amidst disagreement. Wow. It's actually whenever I am, I don't agree that my unity with that person is tested, right? So for years, these are conversations we've been having even with our team. Like we don't know we have unity until actually we rub up, rub up against each other and we figure out what are we going to do now? Like, am I going to shut my heart down? Am I going to shut myself off? Or am I actually going to lean in and say, hey, I'm going to choose to funnel whatever I'm understanding by like, I love you and you're for me and not make accusations or conclusions that um, are birthed from all. I mean, we can make accusations from places of orphanhood, misunderstandings, pain, past trauma. So defining covenant community is hard because, I mean, it requires carrying each other's burdens. It requires open open communication and fellowship but all of those things are actually unto god having his way in and through us i would say like i think that we miss out on a lot of god's divine story when we choose to do it alone man that there's so much to unpack there so much wisdom i really just want that to land for everybody that's listening i the the statement you made that triggered me the most is just really understanding that there is so much culture in church that's based around agreement on on surface level things yeah. like not even not even deep covenant like not even deep theological things uh, even though that can be but we're talking about just surface things that there's just so many communities in church that are built around those things which if that is the foundation that's actually going to be exposed yes. as the problem yes and uh so i love that viewpoint of covenant community is really just a group of self-sacrificial lovers yeah. that that have chosen that he is truly the foundation he's truly everything and we're just looking for opportunities to surrender to one another to show our love to him not in any type of compromise but in true laying down of our own personal endeavors and yeah. that what a labor that is that yeah. that that's not something that's attractive mm -hmm. to this world no. at all <laughs> yeah and it's I mean, painful yeah wow so continuing the vein i know you've kind of hit on a few of those things already but if we wanted to even break this down a little bit more how would you how vital is it for people that would be involved with a local church a covenant community how do they stay actively accountable like what are what are what's the uh, the supreme importance of accountability and what are some practical ways that we as communities could stay accountable to one another and then i know that's kind of a double part question it's yeah. the importance of accountability and then how we walk that accountability out with one another yeah well i think it's hard because we don't really like to be told what to do anymore it's kind of like nah bro i don't i'm not about that life but actually 
we, we've been called to be accountable. And so, I mean, I'm just thinking about our staff dynamic. Um, we have this terminology called confessional lifestyle. James and I have confessed your sins to one another so that healing would come. The prayer of the righteous availeth much, right? So we, we have this phrase, we, we want to live confessionally with one another, choosing to believe that as I confess and as I share my faults and my weaknesses and my sin, that I'm going to be received with love, but actually understanding that that actually brings healing. Mm. So there's a level of accountability and a level of stewardship, even at a team level, where I just recognize that not everybody's going to step into that all at once. Yeah. Uh, the, the analogy we used was, if everybody in a shirt in a room is sitting with a blue shirt, what I'm trying to do is, as I'm trying to get people to live confessionally, I'm trying to get people to shift from a blue to a red shirt. And so you've got people that are initially going to be like, I want to live open and vulnerable. And they're going to shift, take the blue shirt off, put the red shirt on. And eventually what's, what's actually happened in our community is as we be, continue to be vulnerable from the pulpit beyond, right? Like nobody's perfect. We're sharing. We're, we're honest. We're vulnerable. Is eventually the, the person who choose not to live confessionally actually begins to be like, man, I'm the only one in the room with the blue shirt on. What's wow. going on? Yeah. I'm the only one that's not sharing, being vulnerable, being honest, choosing to live raw and open before people. And I think that that there's a level of being known. Like, this is a big thing for us. Like, who really knows you? Like, are you known? Because we're wired to be wow. known. Like, it's actually cancer to us mm. to live hidden. I mean, you think about the very nature of the fall. The first thing that happened was we hid, right? So, like, the nature of that thousands of years ago is we actually like to hide and there's freedom found in vulnerability and saying, actually, like, I don't need, I can live naked, metaphorically naked and exposed. And in a kingdom community, I will be received. I will be covered. I will be loved. And even beyond that, the promise, according to James five is that I will be healed yes. like, as I confess with my mouth. And so in the realm of accountability, it's everything, because if you're going to if you're going to share, but then not be held accountable, then you're not really about it. Right. Like we're being renewed. Our minds are being renewed and we need people. We say this like we have to have people in our lives that we trust more than ourselves. So, like it's not everybody. Not not every time everybody comes up to me and gives me correction. But there are three or four in my life that when they come and they say, hey, bro, cons like consider your ways. Like look at what you're doing. But I have to stop and pause and say, well, wait a second. Like I've actually submitted myself even as the senior leader. I've submitted myself to Tyler. I've submitted myself to John. I've submitted myself to these that they're not, these aren't even elders in our community. These are just covenant relationships, right? I'm not talking even, I'm not even talking about spiritual authority, which is a whole nother level. I'm just talking about people that they're my Barnabases, people that I'm running yeah. with, that I'm, that I am connected and I'm knitted to that when they say something to me, I have to stop and reflect and say, wait a second, they're seeing something that I'm not seeing. And, and I think, the crazy thing is that's the nature of deception, right? The nature of deception is you don't know you're deceived. And so you have to have people in your life that can say, hey, bro, this may be a blind spot in your marriage. This may be a blind spot in your parenting. This may be a moment of weakness, right? And, and allowing, actually, not just allowing, inviting people into that space and saying to them, bro, if you ever see me off balance, if I ever look tired, if I'm ever speaking and it sounds like I'm speaking from a cynical place, you have all the authority. I'm inviting you to speak into my life. And if I don't respond the right way, don't stop speaking because mm. it's what I need the most. Wow. I actually need your words to cut me at heart so that I can be dealt with by God. And so 
I mean, that's a whole rabbit trail, but but accountability within the church is actually a blessing. It's yes. actually God's divine setup to keep us from from the schemes of the enemy, from being stolen from, killed and destroyed. I mean, it's actually a gift from God. And but in, in a me centric society that says I'm most important and I am God and my will, my way, it becomes difficult because like we 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 struggle with that tension of. I know what's best for me, but the reality is we're just not wired that way. As soon as you hit James chapter five, that like so resonated with me with the understanding that that God would actually put a qualification for restoration and healing. Yeah. Like that that's that's really yeah. a lot to just jump over in itself. Like just because it's God is saying that that you may be healed through confession, which would mean that so many people, and I want to say this from a a place of sympathy and compassion, because I've been there myself where it's like, we, we really desire restoration and wholeness, but, but God desires us to expose every area. And he has actually set it up in a local church community fellowship to where you will find healing but it's it's actually a qualification he has put in place to actually build unity and oneness and that brings about a healing i I remember it was so recently we had a men's group at our at our church and when we were all there all of a sudden somebody started confessing a a sin and it was like 40 of us men yeah and one man one person began confessing something all of a sudden it was like an alabaster jar broke and everybody started confessing left and right and i immediately went to james chapter five and i said okay it's one thing to to confess it but it's another thing to believe the promise is that healing is going to come from this and it's connecting that that sometimes it's not just the venting of it but it's being in faith that through this exposing through this nakedness through me stripping down my the the problems that i'm facing and the sins that i'm even dealing with that i am going to find healing in this covenant community and when you were sharing that i just i was just recollecting that moment and just seeing it's almost like you know being accountable is heaven's hospital yeah (laughs) just being in that that place but man my heart's burning over that and it's like all of a sudden, it's it's not just he- all the breakthroughs are so amazing to hear. And when people have testimonies of just great things happening in their life, but as a as a friend of those in the Lord, I love when people are willing to share with me where they're actually at, because it it allows me to be able to hear from the Lord and to actually speak into that or even share with them. Hey, I know exactly what that what that feels like and. Yeah. Hebrews 4 says we don't have a high priest who can't yeah. sympathize with our weaknesses yet was yeah. tempted at every point without sin let us therefore come boldly he yeah. he desires us to come so man so so good and I'll say this Dom like one of the main benefits of actually going I'm thinking about a time one of our staff members just to practically give some some context right there was a staff member that was dealing with some thoughts about another staff member in the realm of almost like jealousy and torment Mm -hmm. and believing that God was lifting them up and somehow they were being brought down. And so, I mean, this is a prominent leader in our community. And I remember on a Sunday morning, 
bringing that us up to my office and saying like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling this, this, and this. And I know it's not true, but I want to say it. I want to expose it. And he exposed the lie. He shared what it was. He took ownership over it, which I think is huge. Like I'm taking ownership and I'm exposing. And then he said, now pray for me. And what's wild is he actually invited the person that the enemy was using to torment to lay hands on him. I mean, it was, it was holy. And we, it, was the, it was the greatest representation of James 5 I've ever seen. It was like, I'm not just going to tell you that I've been in offense or disconnect. I'm actually going to give myself and the Holy Spirit a room to reconnect our hearts. And those two guys now are inseparable. I mean, it's been so it's not only that God connects us through. He actually sustains connectivity through a mm -hmm. continued conversation and saying, I will actually give the enemy no room as uncomfortable as it feels. And sometimes it can feel petty. It's like, let's just fight zealously to maintain the unity of the faith. Like, let's just whatever, like how, how much did God value in acts, right? Like when Ananias and Sapphira, like they got swallowed up. We, I mean, how zealous was God to protect the purity of a community that people got swallowed up by the earth when they wow. lied, right? It was like when they were the holding back God to protect the community mm -hmm. and to keep it pure is like, and that's part of what I think he's giving us is like this zeal to protect the purity of like, we are God's family. We don't get to just walk away from each other. We actually contend for others destiny. So like on Sunday morning, two Sundays ago, the spirit of prophecy was in the room and there was some prophecy released over some young people. We're in a generations campaign, Gen Z. Prophecy was released over three or four young people in our congregation about spirit of, of healing and different things. And, and it immediately hit me. Oh my gosh, I'm actually responsible for that word now. I, I, I actually shared the following week for our family. Some of you, you heard that word over Riley. This is in the context of covenant community now, right? Yes. Once that word is released in our corporate spiritual family gathering, which is not a service, it's mm -hmm. not an experience. We're actually <laughs> gathering around God's presence as a family. Once that word is released, we are now all responsible to contend Riley into his destiny. We all have to stop and say like, oh, we don't say, oh man, well, I hope that happens one day. No, we create environments, we champion, we pray, we lay hands, and we're contending for his greatness to be seen on the earth. Not Come for on. him. For God's glory, but I think it's a that's what I'm saying. It's a different level of stewardship and and it's hard. I'm not I am not saying we have this figured out. I'm saying <laughs> yeah, no, this no. is the thing God is <laughs> about. I'm like I'm on a Sunday morning saying, Oh my gosh, God, give give grace for me to help position Riley to stand before you, right? Like so I think those are things that we have to just ask ourselves. When somebody gives a prophetic word, we're like, Wow, that's great. I wish I had one. Gotta stop that. Like what God is speaking over Riley is actually a win for all of us. And instead of saying, man, I wish I got a prophetic word, God always misses me that we would say, you know what, whatever resources, time, energy, whatever I can do to actually push him into his destiny, that should be our frame of mind as a company, as a spiritual family and covenant. Man, the Acts 5 is still hitting me hard <laughs> when you're just yeah, sharing that about that like it, it's just the fact in the context we're talking about that's so important that just the holding back not willing to be fully exposed not yeah. willing to come that god was protecting it so much and man that testimony from 
your the staff there and just the healing process and the willingness it just i like you brought it up earlier it immediately takes me to genesis 3 as well like soon as adam and eve hid god is saying where are you Where are you he because he he's not afraid to confront it and yeah. he he wants to he has placed his spirit in us yeah. now to have that same tenacity to confront whatever is causing distance whatever is causing there to not be a restoration in heart and communion so in that in that breath we'll continue this vein and i, I you and i both knew we were going to be talking about this at some point uh in this dialogue but i want to read the scripture just so we can make sure but in john 17 this is where we're getting to the pinnacle of yeah. of this and jesus prayed to the father specifically in verse 21 it says that they all may be one as you father are in me and i in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me how does the local church through the covenant community lens become a vessel to answer jesus's prayer yeah we say this all the time we ask our community actually do you believe that jesus is going to receive every prayer a yes to every prayer he prayed oh yeah everybody's like yeah it's like let me read this to you. Like, actually, Jesus is saying to us that the primary sign that he is real is actually the way we treat one another. Like, that would actually be the boldest witness. Not signs and wonders, which are good. Yes. Not prophecy, which are amazing. Yeah. We were just talking about this. Like, actually, the boldest witness for the gospel and the rec the rec people recognize Jesus is real. It's actually the way we walk with one another. Like, what is that to say that God would hinge his his assignment on our connectivity to one another and the way we walk it out? I mean, that's why that's why it actually is painful when people are like, we'll just walk away from the fellowship. And in the same vein, think about Paul's words where he actually, for a person that was divisive, he would say, put them out of the community and hand them over to Satan. Like God's zeal. That's crazy. We don't ever talk about that. That Paul said that. <laughs> he said it. He said, put them out of the fellowship and hand them over to Satan so that their soul may be saved. It's, it's like, mercy. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. But the John 17 conversation that we're invited into, I believe, is actually going to be a great harvest of souls that is, that is birthed from a people who have actually been delivered from self-obsession. Wow from building their life around a 401k or some kind of natural inheritance, right? Like we say to our community, like, man, if, if the greatest thing you leave your kids is money, houses, and land, you have failed. Like you need to leave with them history with God. Come on. Tears, tears before your Bible. Like you need to leave this kind of thing. But at the same time, the way we love, the way we speak, and the way we don't speak about people, right? Like the things Paul is clear also about... Uh, a church he's rebuking for biting, devouring, and chewing one another. So, I mean, circling back to the confessional lifestyle, it's so interesting. We've had to deal with this. Is like, hey, we want you to live confessionally. We want you to share. And this is really tied to John 17 because anything that God is inviting us into, the enemy perverts, right? So yeah. a, a people who are unified requires good communication, a vibrant, dynamic communication, but also it can very easily slip into gossip. So we've had to say, Listen, you can share with me, but this is what's going to happen. When we get done talking here, either you go, we go, or I go. Mm -hmm. That's that's the rhythm. Like, you want to talk to me about Sister Sue? All right. But before you say something, I just want you to know, when we get done here, either you're going, we're going, or, or I'm going. Somebody's I going. love 
I love that, Gia. Because the Bible says if you're if you have offense in your heart towards a brother and you're at the altar, leave the offering. Yes. So like I'm actually working against the biblical commandment when I'm receiving information, which a lot of times, right? That's the nature Samuel said it, the nature of accusation is just partial truth. Mm. It's, it's partially true, but it's taken in the wrong context. So I, I think there are so many things warring against John 17, like the whole like we're just we're just venting or we're just that I think we've just got to be zealous to say we're actually setting our hearts upon this. I'm not sure, and I could be wrong, and I'm willing to be wrong. I'm not sure that there's going to be a magical day where the Spirit of God's going to land upon us, and all of a sudden we love people greater. <laughs> I, well, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, when this comes, God's like, you know, actually, you're going to have to like pick up your cross. You're going to have to follow Him. And Do you're the Bible. Surrounded. God spoke this to me, man. I was in a season of asking for breakthrough. And, um, and, and God actually said to me one time, Hey, listen, your breakthrough is actually wrapped up in people that you're offended with right now. Hmm. Like I have hidden what you need in people that you've been resisting yes. for whatever reason. And I've actually I've created it this way in purpose on purpose because it's the greatest way John 17 is manifested. It's not just when you get together with the few that again, we all like basketball. We all like this. We all, even in the context of church, we all, we're all passionate. It's actually like I'm, I'm, I'm going to the lowest place and I'm inviting those people into that place. But Jesus is going to have this. The question, I, I say to our community, Jesus is going to have it. The question is, are you going to be a part of his answer being fulfilled or not? It's not, is it going to happen or not? It's, are you going to be a part of that prayer being answered? Or are you going to actually be a part of the resistance? This conversation, like this element, I believe, puts the greatest context to everything we're talking about because we're now talking about Jesus's own heart language being brought to the surface for us yeah. all to see. Yeah. This is what he desires. And it is so evident. It is like beyond evident that this is what the enemy is warring against yeah. with everything. We've all been a part of conversations and cultures that have seen the, the opposite of this yes. on a regular basis. And yeah. We have to we have to draw a line in the sand, and that's why I love some of the practicalities you're bringing because my mind even goes to, and I, I want to even put people or uh, give an example how you're even putting yourself out there on the altar of how sometimes when you hear information from somebody that's on borderline gossip or somebody coming, and I'm sure that could even happen a lot to to you and I as a as as leaders over a flock that. Yeah kind of expecting a mediation and, and so forth. And there is beautiful ways to go about that. But at the same time, you having that hard posture that we're going together before, before we speak, because if not, if you don't, all of a sudden you are now going to be wearing a weight that yeah. you weren't graced to carry because it's right. no longer in the biblical framework of grace. It's now yeah. in a personal selfish process like trying to work it out it's kind of like moses when he was dealing with everybody's problems all day yeah his father-in-law had to say hey you're not meant to do this like we got to really create a community here we're able to do this together as a yeah and if one person even in one situation is trying to carry a weight and it's borderline gossip because it's not you know it, it it's so the enemy is so tactful and so crafty at, at taking even good intentions yeah. and immediately warping them into a malicious attack against the bride of Christ. Yeah. And so, man, that 
I thank you so much. Like yeah. I really, I needed that so much today. So yeah. you go, we go, that. I go. I you go, we yes. go. Yes, that's our whole staff knows. Like, hey, like we can't just continue because it becomes a place of torment. Where there's bitterness, jealousy, envy, it becomes a place of torment for the enemy. I mean, that's what Galatians says. Where there's bitterness, jealousy, envy, and strife, it becomes a place of torment. You can see yourself like you are hooked into the enemy's assignment over and it doesn't you don't even have to be involved. It's just you're in your prayer room and now you're thinking about Sister Joe that is offended with Sister Sue. And it's like instead of lifting up adoration, which honestly you can you cannot fix no matter what. That's the real thing. It's like the only person that can fix that is the two people involved. So it's like, just go and reconcile and go low. So it's, I think it's one of the primary assignments of the enemy to create an offended people. We're, we're made to choose and pick sides and a house divided can't stand. And, and the enemy will divide the house. Mm. Uh, well, this is something that we really do need to sit on. Everybody that's watching this, this is something read john 17 read jesus's yeah. prayer get that yeah. language in your heart yes. allow that to truly birth this which would lead us to our final question and then we'll close out with prayer regarding this but the final question once again all these kind of overlap but just to put you know an isolated context on something for anyone watching right now that their hearts are burning over this conversation maybe there's some people watching this and some of the things brought up they've never even contemplated on never even kind of you know racked around in their their own thought process what are some ways they could contend for that in their local fellowships their communities what are some practical ways they could start contending for covenant community i would just start with modeling it like ask the lord for a few people so like the word safe is an interesting word right we say well find yourself a safe person what does that mean does a safe person mean that you're never going to be hurt or you're never going to be disappointed or you're never going to be? That's not what that means. It means that we're committing ourselves to walk together and actually work. What makes a person safe is actually the ability to work through misunderstanding mm. and come out the other side still holding hands and connected at a heart wow. level. So I would say find those few people and give yourself to them. Like you actually model vulnerability. I just want to say for our community, the person who actually got us in this realm was Tyler. He just chose to live open and uncomfortably open and vulnerable where I was in staff meeting sometimes, bro, and I'm like, I don't know if this is healthy. Like <laughs> what is going on right now? But, but I watched God deliver him like man over and then freedom. And so it became, it became contagious to watch one person live open, vulnerable and free. Actually people started to say, I actually want that. Like, wait a second. I don't have to live with that yoke and that burden and that hiddenness um, with that brokenness, it, it actually began to spread, right? And so I would say find your few, start to pray together. Like prayer is the great like unifier. I mean, it just, we were in a, in a meeting today. I was just sharing with Pastor Dom and um, I was sharing vision for a fast we're doing in uh, October called the altar fast. And we were just sharing about First Kings 18 where Elijah comes on the scene and it says, uh, you know, let God be God or Baal be God. And I just feel like God was saying, how long will you be of two opinions? He actually says that. How long will you be of two opinions? And so I watched a young lady come up, man, and just grab the mic in front of 40 people in our staff mm -hmm. chapel and just begin to weep and repent and say, that's me. I've been living with a cold, vulnerable heart. And I'm asking in front of the whole team, I'm asking God for mercy.
in tears. And the whole room just went, I mean, like, it was an hour of just asking God, God, stay with us, rest with us, stand with us, and just praying for one another. So I just think many times, because we don't see the fullness of something, we stop contending in the initial birthing stages. It would be like my son, Psalm, who's seven weeks old, and me being frustrated because he's not Judaized. The reality is there's a process that's required, and I have to learn to love every step of the process. I'm not mad with seven-week-old Psalm because he's not nine-year-old Judah. I'm actually glorying in the process. So I would say enjoy every step of the process, that first initial conversation that's awkward, and maybe even the person across from you doesn't open up, right? Like you share, and they're just like, wow, thank you for sharing. And you're like, well, that's not what I expected, right? Like you just, you, you thank God for the courage to have the conversation and for continuing on. And I would just encourage you to not let anything fester. I think yeah. that that's like when God, when the Holy Spirit begins to deal with you to go to someone, to repent or to go, I would encourage you to go because that voice gets a little bit more dull every time, right? The more responsive, the, the, the easier it becomes to hear that voice. I've, we've defined success as as obedience to God. Quick obedience is success, right? Oh, success is that number, statistic. Success is obedience to God empowered by the Holy Spirit through love. And so I would just encourage you, obey quickly. But find your two or three, man, and begin to model it. Give yourself to it. Fight for it. Don't give up on it. Some of the guys, the Tyler that I'm telling you that, that is on my staff, we've been together since 2008. And it hasn't been without misunderstandings. I mean, it hasn't been without challenges. But we've we've committed to walking together. And that commitment has to mean something. Mm. It's it's literally I, I would I would argue it's it's gonna be impossible to almost be completely open with one another and not find some messes and to find something. But that's the whole point of it. It's that it's that bringing that relationship is so healthy. And I, I really believe that no matter how much we talk about things and bring dialogue from our own personal endeavors, all of those are so healthy and beautiful. But Christ example, he, he, he led by example. And everything we saw in the garden in Genesis 3, like we talked about, man is hiding and they, they're exposed. And they they don't want to expose where they're at. God covers them for you know foreshadowing Christ's coming. But when Christ died upon the cross, He was completely naked and exposed, saying, "This is who I am. This is the heart yeah. of who I am. That yeah. I want to expose the deepest parts of my heart as the living God unto you." And in that, in the cross itself, is screaming, "Be." open with one another, yeah. love one another deeply in a way that you're willing to bleed out all of your internal things, whatever is going on. This is who I am. Yeah. And I desire freedom and I desire liberty. And I desire to be an answer to what God has desired all along that he would get the people he deserves. So okay. the people who will struggle with this, the most dumb are the strongest. Mm -hmm people who are weak and broken and just acknowledge that before the Lord, there's no issue. It, it's, I'm just telling you, we've been living this way now. I mean, in weakness, I mean, for two years, the greatest resistors to covenant community are those who feel themselves strong. Wow. I'm in need of nothing. I'm in need of no one. And, and actually they're, they're actually the most in bondage because God's leadership requires brokenness. He's actually yes. attracted to it. The pinnacle of Jesus' leadership was what you just said, 
hanging broken on a cross, which gave us freedom. But we want to model strength all the time. Mm-hmm. We never so like the 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 actual invitation is to allow people into your brokenness and believe they're going to champion you. And they're not going to use it to backbite, devour. And when it does happen, guess what you get to do? Model 70 times 7. Yeah. I forgive you. Like, I'm actually not going to pull away. This is this is what the Holy Spirit is inside of us for, actually. Mm. Not just to produce outward exterior things, but to produce in those moments of pain, I actually have the ability to draw myself. And I understand there's a conversation about boundaries that's going around and all of these things. I would just say, show me in the Bible. Like we have 50,000 books about boundaries and setting up walls and this like, just fine. Just show me in the Bible where like Jesus, all of his disciples walked away. He didn't go find a, a new, a new 12 when he came back and everybody abandoned him. He actually found himself in a room in the middle of them again, showing his brokenness. Mm-hmm. There's an invitation there for us, man, as, as a people we're growing and this is weak, but I believe it is God's way. It is yeah. God's way for us to live this way. That's so, and, I love how you're putting the exclamation point on this because it was just a few weeks ago we were going through Matthew 18 as a community and just that that whole dialogue teaching that Jesus is bringing forth and the 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 two things that really stood out to me as an observation was that parable of the unforgiving servant that it's it's a it Jesus said that you have to forgive from your heart. And I know that that can be a cliche statement, but yeah. that was the indictment that that there was not a forgiveness from the heart. And we have to learn how to, I mean, you even just brought it up. I mean, it wasn't Jesus's miracles that convinced the disciples. It was his wounds. It was his brokenness that convinced them that that's who he was it was his openness his transparency to to show that he is god yet what he's willing to do to reveal himself and to expose the deepest parts of his heart and god is asking us to do that in a in in a lesser fashion than the glorious nature of his exposing because he is all beautiful but there's something so beautiful about us exposing where we're at to one another in faith that the healing comes from him alone. So it will come. And just the whole thing, like I can't forgive. I mean, we've we've said this from the stage and beyond, a lot of times in our in our house churches, to say I can't forgive is to say that my brokenness is actually greater than God's power yes. to enable something. Yes. It's just it's rooted in unbelief and it's real. That that that's a real seed. But we have to come out of agreement and say, I can't. So for you to say you can't is actually a position of pride. My issues is actually greater than God's ability to save, which is just backwards. So we just come out of agreement and we say, God, we choose to believe, right? That your grace to save is greater than the enemy's ability to deceive or keep me bound. Mm. It's just a shift. <laughs> it's so good. And I, this conversation brings so much hope and light that yeah. God's the one that's bringing these conversations to the front lines. Yeah. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your your friendship. I'm thankful for all that you're contending for in the region and the fact that we can have dialogues like these and be able to help just create these conversations more in our spheres, bring people together to be an answer to John 17 is such an honor. I'm so thankful that God chose us to live in this hour at the same time. Yeah, 
for all these things. I'm excited for what's to come. But could you do me a huge favor? Could you could you end this by just praying over this sphere that we're talking about and just uh, let's just speak life into what we're going after? Yeah, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing on the earth. And Lord, we thank you. Even now, I just reminded that, God, you set the lonely in family. That's what you said that you set the lonely in family. So, Father, I'm asking you in Jesus' name, would you grab those that are isolated and alone and feel unseen? God, give them grace to have courage to be seen, to step out. God, we thank you that you are knitting spiritual families together in covenant in something more than just attending a church, but you are actually knitting families together you're birthing fivefold ministries where every joint supplies and, and everybody's giving and contributing. So, Father, we ask you to keep us from the schemes of the enemy, to be aware of the, the, the gossip and the venting and the devouring, but allow us to live James 5 confessional, to, to be able to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn and to be able to step into broken people's lives and allow people to step into our broken lives and to be able to receive blessing in accordance with your word. Father, we just bless every person listening to this. We ask you to help them find their Barnabases, their Timothys, their Pauls, those that they're called to walk with. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day. I can't wait till we see each other again in person. Love you, brother. Love you, man.